the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black. Welcome into Stock Talk. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. One of the goals on talking about stocks and sectors and investing, hopefully on the show, will be to try to highlight areas that you know we can see some developing money plays, some developing investment ideas. So one of the ones that I want to highlight, and I've already highlighted kind of once, I want to say, so is it worth doing again? I think it is. Um, is esports, 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 esports? Like, oh my! Let's start thinking about that for just a second. And it is exactly what it sounds like: electronic sports, just like an electronic cigarette, which I've never smoked, but I can't imagine is very fulfilling. But that's up to someone else to decide. So there's actually your kid who played Pac-Man, probably now almost 50 and living at home, but your kid who played Call of Duty, League of Legends, maybe they're onto something. The IOC, the International Olympic Committee, you know the one, the one where Bruce Jenner ran around the track and dun, 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 dun. Michael Phelps, dun, 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 dun. The, the female Olympic uh, gymnastics team, you know, it's, 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 the IOC is considering adding electronic sports, video games. Now, you don't have to bring your own quarters. I'm sure you'd get as many tokens as you want. But eSports has proven that it is no longer something that can be shrugged off or laughed at. It is now for mainstream athletes. Competing, competitive gaming. I was watching, and I wish I could curse on this show. No bull. I was watching ESPN, or I was watching, uh, no, it was actually Comcast. I was watching uh, soccer. And uh, during one of their commercial breaks, they talked about how eSports is going to be on this weekend. And it looked like a big driving game. I don't know. I'm a little unhep when it comes to details on video games, which one's the cool one right now. But competitive gaming has shifted from live streams on the Internet. Amazon bought a company called Twitch a couple of years ago. It's now to- shifted to ESPN and to TBS. Um, so it's not just jump online and watch a video game. Now it's jump on television and watch a video game. Again, my analogy of it's almost like having a bird chew the baby's going out and capturing a worm, chewing it up, and then dropping it in or vomiting it into her baby's mouth for nutrition. Ah. Same thing. Let's sit on a couch to watch a video game. Eh? Seemingly no one and everyone is starting to get aware of this. Um, and people want a piece of pie, and some people are saying, I don't want pie in electronic sports. So there's collegiate leagues forming with scholarship money on the line to professional sports leagues. 
like the NBA sponsoring their own e-leagues, the NFL sponsoring their own e-leagues. Even the IOC is considering it for, like I said, the 2024 Olympic Games. Uh, gamers might seem like the most obvious answer. You know, who's going to benefit? Your kids are going to have potential jobs playing video games. So when they give you flack about, man, five more minutes, you're like, time for dinner, Junior. No. Maybe they're, they're elite athletes and you just have to stroke their ego. I don't know. Gamers might not, like I said, seem like uh, the next set of athletes, but given the millions of dollars in prizes given out each year, advertisers, developers, and broadcasters, um, they all might benefit as well. So if you think of a Papa John's or a Domino's or a Coca-Cola or a Jolt Soda or whatever, I don't even know if they make Jolt Soda anymore, but they stand to benefit as people sit in front of video games playing marathon sessions. So the esports ecosystem is growing. The growing market um, is faster than the stock market. It's going to be faster than the GDP of the United States. And it's an area that you have to look at because it's going to create winners and losers. Industry, you know, defining players, so to speak. The gaming nucleus of esports um, it has to be probably the games itself. So it's Take-Two Interactive. TTWO, Electronic Arts, ERTS, it's Activision, ATVI. And then there are some Asian players, which you can't quite buy yet. Uh, but that's the nucleus of esports. The spectrum of the strategies you know, that they adopt is obviously going to uh, push the esports scene and how serious they let it take and or not. Uh, they're sponsoring tournaments. You know, they're kind of getting in on the regional level for sure. The audience is growing. The size of the audience watching esports, not playing, watching. The global reach, growing. The demographic, the psychographic, the behavioral at- attributes are all growing. Uh, the underlying factors right now driving the growth. You know why? You know it's obvious again that what's driving the growth right now is is global numbers it's the demographics it's the size it's the the attitudes um it's an attractive target for brands and for broadcasters and you know if you get a million people watching it's a million people and in this day and age television you know a million might not mean a lot for abc nbc cbs but a million might mean a lot for fx or tnt so not only will there be the div, uh, the broadcasters win like Twitch, who is go to twitch.com. It's owned by Amazon, and it's just you people, you watching people play video games. And I'll be honest with you, there's a little bit of appeal there for me because I don't want to spend eighty bucks for the newest Star Wars Republic video game, but I wouldn't mind watching a couple, you know, run-throughs of it just to see like what the technology is doing. Um, so Twitch is a big winner. YouTube is a big winner, owned by Google. Twitch is owned by Amazon. Then you get new players in digital broadcasting like Facebook, potentially Twitter. Then you get old school boys like uh, TBS Networks, uh, Turner, uh, obviously Time Warner Play, ESPN, Disney Play, Canal Plus, a big international player, and their strategies and successes in the space uh, are pretty huge. And then there's going to be the virtual reality opportunity where the games go from video controllers to put something on your head and uh, control the market. So the economics of esports, electronic sports, we don't know a lot about right now. 
again, you want to probably think about an AMD and NVIDIA, an electronic cards that take to an Activision. Then you want to start thinking about, you know, the Twitches and the YouTubes, which aren't obviously going to contribute a lot to the mother or parent company. Uh, so there's a market sizing question. How big can it get? Right now, the answer is bigger. There's growth forecast, bigger. There's regional analysis where it may catch on more so than others. Think of the northeast of the United States when they're covered in snow this winter. You know, maybe it's not as, as popular as it is in Texas or California where we still say, you know what, let's just wear a thicker wetsuit. Let's go surf. So I know you're saying that is the worst California surfer impression I've ever heard. Strategic branding is going to be important. And again, I've given you the winners and losers, so it's something to think about at this point in time. Start thinking, you know, building some case studies in your head and building this out. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me talking Stock Talk Monday and Thursdays with the best of on Friday from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. And then you hear me on my regular show talking market commentary, business, investing ideas, and strategies towards retirement and insurance from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. I always have a seminar coming up. One's coming up real soon. Go to robblackshow.com to see if it's in your neighborhood and use the code RADIO25 to sign up. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Mondays and Thursdays from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., I'm going to be talking stocks. My radio career is littered with mostly successes, a couple failures, a couple stations that went under. Not due to me, I hope. Be quiet. (laughs) Quiet my head. Um, But the basic idea is there's successes and there's failures, and... uh, I think my biggest success was on a national platform on a radio show called Stock Talk. Stock Talk with Rob Black. And I did it in the evenings from the East Coast, but it was done all across the nation. And it was 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, on the West Coast, which was drive time. And kind of got me in with the Bay Area and how smart the people were and how insightful. So I'm kind of honoring that by talking stocks on Mondays and Thursdays, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. And there'll be replays of it and best ofs and things along those lines through the various shows that I do and don't do. Um, some shows that I don't do are like podcasts. So you can find those out there. You can always go to apple.com or uh, their iTunes and look for Rob Black and Your Money. Rob Black and Your Money. It's, it's there. So Amazon is a company that I want to talk a little stock talk right now with. A lot of brick-and-mortar retailers saw their stock slide after the company encroached further on their turf. Not only did they do Prime Day, but they they've started announcing some partnerships with companies like Nike and companies like Sears. And this is like Friday the 13th, part one. You know, Jason Voorhees uh, drowns in Crystal Lake, and you know his mommy, years later, comes back and gets the count- counselors because they were all snoozing on the job and sexing it up and stuff like that. So Jason Voorhees, it's Friday the 13th, in the world of retail, right? Whether you're Macy's, whether you're Sears, whether you're JCPenney's, 
Um, and then it's like Friday the 13th Part 2. And then it's like Friday the 13th Part 3 with Amazon. And then it's like Friday the 13th Part 4. Like Blue Apron comes public and they go, oh, we're going to do food delivery too, just like you guys do. Then it's like Friday the 13th Part 5. It's night- then it turns into Nightmare on Elm Street. Then it's Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Nightmare. So Amazon is literally killing companies. Um, and there's terror out there. So Amazon announced that Sears, that they would sell some of Sears Kenmore appliances. And one thing that I love about Sears appliances is they typically come the next day or two, and they typically take your old appliance away. So you're not waiting two weeks for a washer. And if you've got kids, you don't wait two weeks for washers and dryers. Or if you do, you're at the laundromat, which I've often said, if you ever see me in a laundromat, I'll give you $10,000 cash as a surprise. Uh, look who's here kind of thing. Um, I've also said that about Radio Shack, and no one's ever seen me in a Radio Shack alive. Kind of like that Elvis sighting, very rare. So we've seen the movie before. We know the bad guys, that some dame in distress is going to win. But the brick-and-mortar companies like Macy's and Kohl's, they're the first victim of online shopping for a lot of people. Now retailers who once were thought of as immune, like O'Reilly Automotive uh, and Advanced Auto Parts, uh, the Pep Boys, they're getting attacked. You can get a headlight online, and it'll come the same day. Or you can go to... Uh, the the store and get it, stand in line, try to use their catalog. Like, same thing, right? So when Amazon bought Whole Foods, people are like, well, maybe we'll get a little more groceries delivered. And uh, companies like Costco are seemingly immune. Uh, what we're learning is a lot of people who have a Costco membership also have an Amazon Prime membership. So nothing's really Amazon-proof, it, it feels. Because a couple of years ago, we, we said that some of these companies were Amazon-proof, but they're turning out not to be. The outsized, outside moves in appliance retailers, um, you saw companies like Best Buy just get dumped on. And you know Best Buy and Home Depot and Lowe's, that's where a lot of people buy their refrigerators and the washers and dryers. It isn't that it concerns are unwarranted, um, but J.P. Morgan analyst Michael Rehaw noted that internet transactions account for about 12% to 13% of the U.S. appliance purchases. Um, and it's growing. At least 30% of the transactions in the United States, um, the U.K., and China. So when you look at the whole, you see appliances are fairly, not small at 13%, but when you look at the, the more developed com- countries, you're saying, whoa. So there's a lot of room for online appliance sales to grow grow they will and Amazon will be a winner over time just one to two years it's expected the online retailer Amazon could very well become a major significant seller of appliances Um, so everyone seems to be in the sites Sears will continue to handle the delivery and servicing of Kenmore appliances which I again I like I I hate saying that because I always feel that in Sears you'd go in their stores and it was like a a football field and you're like I just need the world's tiniest screwdriver for whatever reason (laughs) you've got something that you know maybe a clock or something that fell apart and like you need this the world's tiny and you're in Sears and you're like hello is anyone here and you're like I could put everything in my pocket and walk out of the store and no one would know and like all these thoughts go to your head like I wonder if like they're all being held at gunpoint and back and you're like nobody would know um, so Amazon, being Amazon now is turning into a term, right? But you also can learn how to play with them. 
So like I said, Sears is starting to learn, you know, hey, we don't need those big physical stores. We just want to sell the appliances and service them. Um, and the more appliances they serve, the better prices they get from their distributors and their dealers, things along those lines. Um, so Amazon doesn't mean customers are going to want, you know, a brand new brand. People kind of like the Kenmore brand. Although there's some conspiracy theorists out there that say, like, you know, washers and dryers are being built cheaper because they're being built overseas. So they're breaking sooner and it, it benefits the industry. And like, whoa. I don't know if I believe in every conspiracy theory out there, but Kenmore appliances aren't sold at Home Depot, Lowe's, or Best Buy, so the most likely victim of the Sears-Amazon hookup could very well be Sears. Because sometimes you would go into a Sears store and buy a washer or dryer, and you'd go, hey, look, a hammock. Now, you have no need or no desire or no want for a hammock, but suddenly you're like, hey, look, a hammock. And you kind of buy into that. So the drops in Best Buy, Home Depot, and Lowe's... Uh, when it was announced that Amazon had to deal with Sears to sell Kenmore washers and dryers, they tumbled 4%, 5%, 6%. And maybe it's a buying opportunity because, again, some people are going to want to go out there and look at product. And, again, the Kenmore product wasn't sold at those guys. Um, it's funny because whenever washer, dryer, refrigerator, dishwasher fails for me, I do go to like Consumer Reports and try to find the best one. Or I go to like the Home Depot or the Best Buy website and see who's got the highest rating or who's got the most units sold with the highest rating. And it's silly. It's really silly. Um, for big drops, anytime Amazon announces a new category, you look for opportunities. And Best Buy looks like the best opportunity. While Home Depot and Lowe's have been relatively immune to the Amazon effect, Best Buy has been there numerous times. Now, I like, I like Home Depot for long-term patient investor based on the housing market in the United States and based on what the product they have and how there's always people there, especially on weekends. Best Buy's ability to compete with Amazon has been recognized by the market, and sometimes you see them winning. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. I just did a segment with the voice of the San Jose Barracuda, Nick Nolenberger. And something I really liked about him was that this year when he became the voice of the Barracuda, he actually came into studio and wanted to meet everyone here at KDOW. And we're all kind of apathetic. <laughs> we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he did the right thing. I think it's super important that you teach your children um, to network. And it's super important to you know, push that kind of do the things right way. In my opinion, um, you never know. I keep talking a lot about retirement and issues along those lines. And some days I'll talk about stocks and some days I'll talk about the economy and some days I'll talk about retirement. Um, my goal is to change things up on a regular basis. So this segment, I'll talk a little bit about a stock and I'll talk a little bit more about retirement. One of the things I said early on, was that social security is going to be around in some way, shape or form. And it's okay to live a little. I like women in cowboy boots. I know it's the dumbest thing in that world, but a skirt and cowboy boots, 
damn, that's a good look for me. Um, and again, their functionality of cowboy boots are, is it's probably close to stupid. They're probably not that functional. And yet, you got to live a little bit, right? Um, the 4% rule is a great place to start, but everything in retirement is kind of um, massageable. Or it's, it's, it's more of an art than a science. So you got to be able to draw down assets for sure. And sometimes it's going to be more than 4%. And you just got to know that you have to have a really good budget in retirement. I think retirement's going to look different for everyone. I want to be a great grandparent. I think it's super important that children have positive influences in the world that are just positive, that aren't stressed, that aren't fighting, that aren't divorcing, that aren't under a great amount of duress and, and anger and, and frustration and affairs and stuff like that. I think it's important to have kids just have people that they love and respect and like they could always go to them. So I think investment returns aren't as important as you think they are in retirement. I think protecting your investments are much more important. Keep in mind that I think the idea of small changes add up and you're going to feel overwhelmed. You know, some people are going to feel like they need, you know, a million dollars more to retire and they're going to give up before they start. Then you go, I'm never going to make that much money. Look at this. I only make $80,000 a year right now. And, you know, I, after my car payment, after my rent, after my, every, I, I have nothing. You got to start with something. Um, I know many people from this radio show that thank me five, 10, 15 years later. And they go, holy mackerel, I got like $500,000. And it's all because I maxed out my 401k in down years. And yes, I was irresponsible. And yes, there's probably illegitimate children with my name. Yes, there's probably uh, you know all sorts of things going on out there. But I, I do have something saved. And it makes me feel good. So a little bit goes a long way. Someone who invests just $200 per month for 30 years and earns 7% will have more than $200,000 at the end. a month. Now, you can find that, right? There has to be something you you blow $200 on. Me? It's booze. What else do I blow $200 on? Cheap cigarettes. What else do I blow $200 on a month? Women. What else do I blow $200 on? Foot massage. What else do I blow $200? Like, you can find $200 out there. Or, as Tony Mendez, who could be the biggest financial idiot on the planet, drinks vitamin water. That's not really fair. That's totally fair. You just opened it in front of me. Do you think there's really vitamins in that water? That's there's going um, to help you. Percent, there's carbohydrates in it. There's yeah. some vitamin C, vitamin A. Sure. Okay. You can't say stupid. You know, my neighbors have like orange trees and stuff like that. So anyway, um, so vitamin water, not the best thing in the world. So I want to change the topic ever so slightly and say, you know, a little small things will go a long way. Um, the thing that I fear the most, do you want to know what the thing that I fear the most is? It's getting old and needing long-term care. Having seen my mother get old and it's not a pretty process. It sometimes involves like forgetting to take your medication and sometimes it's taking too much medication and suddenly your body's like in this crazy land and suddenly, you know, you slip, you fall, you don't have a phone, you don't have the ability to call your kids because you can't get off the ground, you crap yourself numerous times. Long-term care is really important to me. I need it. I, I see that my mother needed it. My dad, nope. Uh, dead with cancer before 60. Boy, did he screw me, huh? 
I know you're saying he screwed you because you have daddy issues. No, no, no. He screwed me because I have life insurance issues. If you have a parent who dies before 60, you don't have what's called longevity. And insurance companies are like, sorry, we don't want to insure you because your dad died at 58. And I do have daddy issues for the record. And I like fighting damaged people who need daddy issues because it kind of places my daddy issue. So anyway, um, long-term care is super important. The average stay is about 2.7 years in a nursing home. The total cost for 2.7 years is over 400,000 doleros. So you have to factor that in, right? It ain't cheap. Go into an old folks home. I know. I know you're saying it's sexy. It's like Club Med. It's a lot of fun. You get all the pudding you can want. But uh, it's expensive. Home Depot is a stock that I want to talk a little bit about. So you see people own homes, right? Look around your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. Um, Everyone who lives in your neighborhood, you're going to see places that need paint, places that need cabinets, places that need washers and dryers and dishes. So I think long-term you could buy a company like a Home Depot. I know you're saying, is it that easy, Rob? Yeah. Yeah. I think you could own Lowe's or I think you could own Williams-Sonoma. There's other plays in the housing market for sure. But you could start stupid and go with a Home Depot. It's one business that I'm sure Amazon has done some damage to. But probably not as much damage as you would imagine to other retailers. Because this weekend, if I need soil... I'm not calling Amazon. I'm going to go fire up my, my, my Tacoma. I'm going to go to Home Depot. I'm going to say, hey, um, you, get me some soil. And they're going to go like, um, no, go get your own soil. And I'll go get my own soil. So Home Depot, if you take a look at the stock chart, it's been pretty darn good. In the last five years, it kind of looks like the teeter-totter. You know, the teeter-totter where... Something's on the bottom and it goes up at a slow 45 degree angle. It looks pretty good. If you take a look at the last 10 years of Home Depot, um, if you go back to 2007, you're talking about a stock that was incredibly cheap and incredibly affordable in the $20 level. And then a couple years later, it's in the $30 level. A couple years later, it's at the $40 level. The $50, dollars $60, $70, $75, $75, $80, $85, $90, $95, $100, $114, $115, $116, $130, $135, $145. Whoa, in 10 years, are you kidding me? It's gone from 25 to 145 Uh-huh. And yes, there's some blips here and there, but it's a pretty consistent winner. And I don't think they're going to go out of business anytime soon. And there's going to be some seasons where you're like, we have joy, we have fun, we have seasons in the sun, which is probably one of the worst songs of all time. Um, but like spring sometimes will be better than summer, and then summer will give way to fall, and like, oh, look, it's a snowy winter, so everyone's going to go get shovels and ice. Now, they're not immune to high commodity costs. They're not immune to you know, lumber and building materials and... You know, backlog strength and backlog weakness. It's going to happen. Expectations are pretty high. There's always going to be some profit taking in the stock. Comes with the territory. Can't have a stock just made up of winners. Got to have some winners and some losers. Um, I would say it's a, it's a pretty good name for long-term accumulate. Is it perfect? No way. Now, like, just to even go as far as to say this, like, 
Heavy rains in California changes Home Depot. And then you get poor weather in the Northeast. Um, you're starting to factor in like weather into a stock. And I think that can be kind of difficult for the average person. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. Don't forget, I always have events coming up. And you can find out more about them at Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. Um, I'm definitely in the middle of my last five years. Definitely. No, I'm not going to say that. Five years of media. Five years of radio. So go to an event while you can. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. And to get in free, it's always Radio 25. It's Radio 25. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. So Panera, Panera Bread, you've been in it. Pan is Spanish for the word bread. Era means age or time. So it's like the age of bread. A lot of companies have funny names. Um, Pepsi, their name was originally Brad's Drink. That's kind of cool, right? I'd like to have one. Hey, give me a Rob's Drink. And it was a mix of sugar, water, caramel, lemon oil, and nutmeg. Pepsi is derived from the word dyspepsia, which helps aid indigestion and uh you're like whoa um i don't know i like little things like that on occasion 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air it's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air um tony mendez from com is here with me hi rob one of the statistics that comes out that i talk about is consumer confidence and if you see consumer confidence go higher i say <clears throat> you and your wife might go hey I feel good about my job and everything's going great and let's go on vacation. And uh Oh, Tony forgets birth control and Tony makes a baby and Tony adds to the economy. Um, all because people are feeling confident. And sometimes when people aren't feeling confident, they still do the same thing because what they th- they hear is I hear the economy is getting tough. So I'm going to, I'm worried about my neighbor. Um, so they're worried about their neighbor and that's consumer confidence goes down. And the final one is when consumer confidence actually hits them where they lose their job and they're unemployed for a long period of time and they get depressed and they don't spend. Um, does consumer confidence play any role in your world where you feel like people are, uh, if they're confident, they're ready to buy. And if they hear anything about uh-oh, Donald Trump, I don't know. I don't know what his presidency is going to be like. So I'm going to sit on the sidelines um, where the confidence is. We don't know. Well, I think the confidence plays out in real estate in general. I think somebody will have more confidence to spend two or three thousand dollars or more uh, renting a place because they they may have a good job or they may feel more confident that they can save money and buy a house. Um, but I think everybody always has a people who don't own a house always want to buy a house. Um, I think it. Uh, I think the market in it in itself will generate the interest in real estate, whether or not there's consumer confidence. Uh, interest rates definitely help. 
Um, having that job definitely helps. Watching the stock market go up and watching your Apple stock or your Facebook sure. stock go up gives you know, a little bit more confidence to put that down payment. So I, it does trickle down into real estate, but I don't think most people that I know and I deal with uh, are not making uh, uh, purchases because they feel confident about the economy. It's, it's more of a, a necessity. Um, you know, I, I, like I told you, I'm working with a couple right now that they're, they're, they're not even a couple. They're just a, a boyfriend, girlfriend. I think engaged is really more of a couple, uh, but they're buying a house and that translates to me that they want to get married and they want to start a family and they're also confident. So I guess it depends on which way you're looking at it. I, to answer your question, I think, yes, it does, Good. but in, not, not in a direct way. So here's a question that I get a lot of times. What do you think about reverse mortgages? Do you remember a couple of years ago? And I only asked reverse mortgages because a couple of years ago, there was a big push on Rex loans. And then you didn't hear about Rex loans. And Rex loans was basically if I bought a house, they I can split the future profits with them and guarantee some downside. Yeah, they go in title and they they own a certain percentage of the the upside. Um, I'm kind of glad those went away. They're still there, but I mean, I'm glad they're not being marketed like they were. Right, reverse mortgages are um, heavily um, celebrities are marketing these um, and. The, the one thing about reverse mortgages is, um, well, first of all, you have to live in the house. You have to be 62 or more to qualify. Um, and you could only, and they've actually limited the amount of equity that you can actually access. So if your loan is too high, there's a lot of cases where you can't borrow any money or, or do the reverse mortgage. Um, and the rates are, are pretty decent, but the costs are pretty high. I think a lot of people don't realize that the cost for a reverse mortgage can be very expensive, and a lot of people are preying on these because FHA has not changed their their guidelines on this. Um, so there's a lot of brokers out there looking for ways that to make money that have been taken away from on the conventional loans. Uh, they, they've been hit pretty hard. A lot of brokers are saying, all right, I can't make as much money here. Let's go to reverse mortgages. So they're heavily marketed. Um, I would only go in one if you have a financial advisor um, consulting with you. Condone it, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I've got someone in the uh, family that his goal is to get into a retirement community because he's starting to get to that age, pushing 80, that he wants to get rid of one home. Do They call it a purchase reverse mortgage. Yeah. It's so like a reverse reverse mortgage. In this case, he got cash out and it's ready to be spent if needed. Um, but he keeps looking at houses in this retirement community and they keep going for $50,000 more bought with cash. And he's like, oh, so got to be very careful. So very pricey products. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. You can call Tony Mendez, com is the easiest way to find him is com. He does my mortgages. He's a good guy. Um, he's someone you can trust. Uh, and you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.